Chad here. Great to see you again this morning. Uh, shout out to everyone watching on the live stream this morning and uh, thankful that those folks are checking in and joining in us. Joining us. And uh, shout out to people sitting in the upper parts of the balcony. Then, Yeah, way up there, way up in the upper parts of the balcony. Great to see you guys. I don't know if, it's great to see the balcony filling. I'm not sure if that's because we're growing or if it's because of my coffee breath. But either way, people are up there and we're glad that they're there. Uh, let's see, Pastor Drew, when he came out and did the welcome, he mentioned Super Bowl Sunday, but we'll do this again, just to, you know, unofficial poll. Uh, Broncos? All right, no, not very many. Panthers? Commercials? Food? Don't care? What a bunch. <laughs> We're in week two of our Roar series. It's a series on the first half of the book of Daniel. And I know that you will remember from last week that Roar, we're using Roar as an acronym, and R-O-A-R, and uh, R stands for resisting temptation, and O is for overcoming obstacles, and A is for ant, had to fit it in there, and R again, refusing to bow. And because you will be confronted and challenged every day by small kings and small kingdoms that want you to give in, and they want you to give up, but we have the lion of the Holy Spirit living inside us, so we don't need to be pussycats. We can, wow, that was very pussycatish. <laughs> A lot of, you don't, you, don't, you don't cheer for football, so what do I expect, you know? Pastor B, you would probably do a really good roar. Yeah, I think that hurt. Um, <laughs> last week, uh, we saw Daniel determining, deciding not to defile himself by eating the foods of Babylon. And 15-year-old boys don't usually turn down food. And uh, but this is what we saw. And Daniel honors God, and God honors Daniel and gives him more and more wisdom and favor and responsibility because God found Daniel to be faithful with what he had already given him. And the story jumps by two or three years into chapter two. And now, so now Daniel's probably around 17 years old. And King Nebuchadnezzar has been eating late night pizza and he's starting to have these really disturbing dreams. Okay? And he calls in some of his magicians and enchanters and sorcerers and astrologers. And then he does something highly, highly unusual that we're going to look at. Kings like Nebuchadnezzar always kept uh, an assortment of astrologers and mathematicians and fortune tellers around them to help them, to help them hear from their many gods and to uh, read the stars and predict the future and interpret dreams and, and things like that. And the fortune teller guys got, got smart and they said, you know, we probably should write this stuff down. It would make it a whole lot easier if you could just go to like a phone book or something and look these things up. And so they created this, this book of, of, of dreams and interpretations of various made up definitions for pretty much anything that any king anywhere could ever possibly dream up. 
And so if the king says, you know, I saw a bear, they would go to their book and, and look up bear and tell him, this is, oh, this is what that means in, uh, when, when you dream it. And so it was common for kings to have a large group of these people around them. But this time, Nebuchadnezzar isn't fooling around, and he, he takes this, this whole read my dream thing to a, a whole nother level. And so he brings in a group of his magicians and astrologers and fortune tellers and th this bunch. He brings in a, a group of them, and he tells the guys that not only do I want you to interpret the dream I had last night, but I want you to tell me what the dream was. It's just like takes the game to a whole new level, right? Not only do I want you to interpret it, but I'm not going to say anything. I want you guys to tell me what the dream was. And for some reason, Nebuchadnezzar doubts their ability to, to tell him this. It's like, if you guys are really as good as you say you are, and if you really are getting your information from the gods, then I want you to tell me what I dreamt last night, or I'm going to have you cut into pieces, and we're going to turn your homes into garbage dumps, is literally what he tells them. And this throws the, the magicians and the astrologers and the sorcerers into this, this, this tailspin, because the gig is up. They, they, there's no way that they can do this. And one of them pleads with the king, and he says to him, he says, there isn't anyone on earth who can know your mind, and no king has ever asked his enchanters for such a demand as this. In other words, he's saying, you're unreasonable. Like, this is, this is, this is we, we can't do this. And, and he's saying to him, you know, all the other kings, they've never asked their, their sorcerers this because they know that we can't do this. Like, this is, in, this is impossible. And so the curtain is pulled on these guys. They're just a bunch of, of normal humans using a, a few tricks to kind of soothe the king and tell the king whatever it is that he wants to hear. And they've, they've been exposed and, and they have to tell the king, hey, we're really not that good. And, and we're kind of human and uh, we have our limits and nobody, nobody can, can do this for you. And so in his, in his fury, Nebuchadnezzar orders all of these, all these guys in that group, the, the wisdom consultants, he, he orders all of them to be put to death, which... You'll remember from Daniel chapter 1 includes Daniel and his three friends. You'll also remember from Daniel chapter 1 that, that, that the wisdom that Daniel was getting was different. He wasn't, uh, he wasn't referencing, you know, some book of made-up definitions or things like that. Daniel was getting his wisdom from God, from the God of heaven, from the God of Israel, from the one true God. But he was included in this, in this, this the, the king's um, team if you will, of, of, of wisdom consultants. So it's not good. This is, this is not a good day. Let's pick up the story in Daniel chapter 2, beginning in verse 14. Bless you, bless you, bless you. We get it all out? Okay. Nope. Okay. Verse 14. When Arioch, the commander of the king's guard, came to kill them, Daniel handled the situation with wisdom and discretion. And he asked Arioch, why has the king issued such a harsh decree? So Arioch told him all that had happened. And Daniel went at once to see the king and requested more time to tell the king what the dream meant. Then Daniel went home and told his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, 
what had happened. And he urged them to ask the God of heaven to show them his mercy by telling them the secret so they would not be executed along with the other wise men of Babylon. So this is a bad day. Arioch isn't handing out valentines. I mean, he's here and he says, hey guys, I kind of got bad news. The king wants you dismembered. Come with me. And Daniel's 17 or 18 years old, and, and, and watch how this young man handles this life-altering news. Uh, the scripture says that he handles it with, with wisdom and with tact and with discretion because whatever is in you is what comes out of you when, when life shakes you. When you get that phone call or you get that that doctor's report, or you get that, 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 that email, or whatever it is, when, when life bumps into you and, and life really shakes you and something really, really messes you up, whatever is in you is what's going to spill out of you when that happens, when life shoves you and pushes you. What is really in you is what will spill over. And so Daniel, in this, in this situation, he spills over with confidence. He, he spills over with peace. He spills over with wisdom because that's what's deep inside him. That is, that's his character. He shows what he's truly made of, and it, and it looks good. Do you look more like Jesus or less like Jesus when life gives you a, a good old shove? What comes out of you in those situations? And what does it look like? Does it look like Jesus just grab somebody right now and shake them. See what comes... No, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. But what spills... Whatever is in you, that's truly what's going to spill out of you. And so all the magicians could do was stall. They had no answers, no solutions. They didn't know what to do. All they could do was stall. And they tried to buy time, hoping that the king would, would calm down. Now, Daniel does that too, but that's... Watch this. That's not all that he does. He goes to the king, and he, and he buys a little bit of time, not just so that he can stall, but so that he can fall before the Lord and call on God for help. Sometimes when, when, when bad things happen, we, we stall because we, we don't know what to do, but we forget to, the other parts, to, to fall before the Lord and to call on the Lord for help. This is like stop, drop, and roll that you learned in kindergarten. Do you remember that? Kindergarten. Anybody go to kindergarten? This is like stop, drop, and roll. But it's, it's stall, fall, and call. It's, it's don't panic. It's fall before the Lord, admit your need, and call and cry out to God to provide for you in your time of need. So in the verses that we read in verse 17 and 18, Daniel goes home. To his friends, Hananiah, and Mishael, and Azariah, and he tells them what's happened, and then he, he urges them to ask the God of heaven. In other words, Daniel calls a prayer meeting. This is how Daniel responds to this, this crisis situation in his life. He calls a prayer meeting. When was the last time that you called your friends together and you said, we're gonna, we are going to get together and we're going we're gonna to have a prayer meeting? Not a get-together, not another reason to, to eat more food, not, a, not another Super Bowl party, but you get together and you got down to business and, and you called on the God of heaven to come and to, to rescue you 
to give you mercy and to give you wisdom, to, to help you see the unseen, to give you favor, to bring salvation, to bring deliverance. You don't need to wait for the church to call a prayer meeting. You can gather some prayer warriors around you and declare, hey, we're not done yet. We are not defeated yet. We aren't helpless. We have unlimited access to the throne of God through his son, Jesus Christ. We can call on the Lord in our time of distress. We, of, of distress. we can bring heaven down to earth and we can solve earthly problems with heavenly solutions. This is what, this is what Daniel does. Call a prayer meeting. Four teenage boys on their knees, uniting in prayer for the salvation of others. This is a picture of revival. Is that not beautiful? Four teenage boys on their knees, crying out to God for the salvation of others. Verse 18 Daniel says, guys, let's get together and, and let's ask the God of heaven. You see, Daniel had a, a big vision of who God is. The Babylonians had all kinds of gods. They had a god for everything. They had very small gods, little, little, little knick-knack gods. And they had gods to the things that they could see. We're going to have a sun god, and we're going to have a, a moon god, and the gods to just the, the things that were visible to them. And Daniel takes it to a whole another level and says, Look, we're going to pray to the God of heaven. Like the God that's over everything. The one true God of it all. And he had a big vision of God. How great, let me ask us this morning, church, how great is your vision of God? How great is God in your life, in your world? How big is God to you? They pray, God hears, God answers, and God reveals to Daniel the mystery of the king's dream. And then Daniel breaks out in spontaneous song of praise. I love it. And let's, uh, let's pick that up in verse 20. Daniel says this. He says, this is just after God revealed to him the dream. Daniel says, Praise the name of God forever and ever, for he has all wisdom and power. He controls the course of world events. He removes kings and he sets up other kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the scholars. He reveals deep and mysterious things and knows what lies hidden in darkness, though he is surrounded by light. I thank and praise you, God of my ancestors, for you have given me wisdom and strength. You've told me what we asked of you and revealed to us what the king demanded. Back to verse 22. I just want to bring that up on the screen here so we can see this. He reveals, Daniel, talking about God, he says, God reveals deep and mysterious things. He knows what lies hidden in darkness, though he is surrounded by light. Daniel acknowledges that there are, there are things that we will never know, we cannot know, unless God reveals them to us. Daniel thanks God for, 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 for letting him get this, this, this glimmer of, of wisdom, for revealing this to him, because, because we're limited. We are, we're, we're, we're so limited. There are things that are in the dark to us, but everything is in the light with God. Sometimes, God in his providence decides to 
to, to reveal things to us, to give us glimpses uh, into the deep. But he doesn't give us all knowledge, right? This, we're, you're, you're never going to know everything. You've heard me say this. Uh, and if you're, if you're new, newish, newer, this is, this, is, this is for you this morning. But the beginning of understanding is understanding that you'll never understand everything. Right? Like if, if you feel like I will, I will trust Jesus when I have all my questions answered. There's not anybody in this room that has all their questions answered, this guy included. Right? So, so the beginning of understanding is just understanding. You're never going to understand everything, but sometimes God in his providence, he, he reveals things to us. He, he kind of opens heaven a little bit and lets us, lets us see something that, that we, we couldn't see before. The serpent tempted Eve with this back in, back in the garden in Genesis. This was, this was the temptation where the serpent said to Eve, God doesn't want you to eat that because he, he knows that if you eat that, you, you, you'll be as wise as him. You'll know everything. And that, that temptation to have all your questions answered, to know everything. Some of you, this, th- that temptation drives you nuts. It's, it's, the, it, it's, it's the doubts and the questions and all the unknown about spiritual things that just, it bothers you all, all the time. And uh, you're bothered by the things that you don't know. Some of you, your attack from the enemy, the way the enemy attacks you is with, is with doubt. And he bothers you with the things that you don't know. And I want you to hear this morning, not to, not to give in to that, to resist that, to overcome that, to, 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 to know that that's the enemy attacking you because he doesn't want you to go all in for Jesus Christ. He wants you to, to be held back by the things that you don't know. There are things that you just weren't created to know. You just weren't. You, were, you weren't created to know everything. You were created for trust and for faith is what you, were tr- what you were created for. Like a child, not blind faith, not unreasonable faith. I think following Jesus is very, very reasonable myself. It's, it's faith that finds hope in what has already been revealed. God has already given us plenty of, of, of revelation and, and, uh, and evidence to follow him and to serve him with our lives. In verse 23, Daniel says, I thank you and I praise you, God of my ancestors. Now, why did he say that, God of my ancestors? In doing that, Daniel recognizes this is, this is not the first time that, that God has rescued, you know, his people. This is not the first time that God has been faithful. Daniel recognizes that he's got He's, got, he's standing on centuries of ancestors and stories passed down from generation to generation of a God who is faithful, of a God who loves his children, of a God who hears his children, a God who rescues us from the schemes of others, a, 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 from, from those who are out to hurt us, a God who delivers, a God who gives wisdom when we don't have the answers, a God who gives strength when fear and panic and hopelessness would overcome us, a God who speaks into our lives and tells us which way that we should turn and go, a God who reveals to us just the right amount of wisdom and light that we need from from the depths of his omnipotence just when we need it so that we can walk back into the king's chambers and declare with all the confidence of the resurrection, nobody is going to die today. 
And this is what Daniel does. He gets his answer from God. And he can't wait to get back in there and tell the king, uh, this, this, is, this is just not happening. Verse 24. Then Daniel went in to see Arioch, whom the king had ordered to execute the wise men of Babylon. Daniel said to him, don't kill them. Don't kill the wise men. Take me to the king, and I will tell them the meaning of his dream. I can just see Daniel just overflowing with, with, with he's got the answer. He's just overflowing with, with confidence. And he says to Arioch, take me to the king. You know, like, like nobody's going to die today. You know, God has, God has come. God has answered. God is rescuing. Where's the king? You know, get me in there. I can't wait to tell the king. Listen, listen, friends. Maybe there is something in your life this morning that has been threatening you, that has been, that has been crushing in on you, that has been overwhelming you, and maybe it's a problem where you lack wisdom. Maybe it's a wisdom thing. It's just like, God, can you, can you tell me what to do? Can you give me an answer? Can you, can you help me to see this differently? Maybe it's a health issue. Maybe it's an unsaved child. Maybe it's something from your past that you haven't had the courage yet to deal with properly, to tell somebody, to get a group of friends around you and say, we're not going to take this anymore. And God, I need your, I need your help in this situation. Maybe it's time to, to call on the, the God of heaven in earnest, desperate, passionate, prayer calling out on God would you just give me a glimpse would you just open up and reveal enough of this just give me a glimpse Lord help me to see this to, to help me see God believing in the faithfulness of God this morning believing that God hears you that God sees you that God understands what you're going through and he loves you standing up to the pressures in, in, in your life and the pressures of this world, whatever your Nebuchadnezzars are, and declaring in the name of Jesus that no one is going to die today. I have an answer. God is in control, and my God is greater, so take me to the king. When you've spent time with the king of kings, you can handle all the earthly kings, they just, they just get smaller and smaller and smaller. Daniel's like, get me in there. I'm not afraid of him now. I've been with the king of kings. So I've I got nothing to fear. God, God is with me. God has given me an answer when you've spent time with the king of kings. You don't have to be afraid of facing all those earthly kings. Don't try to solve earthly problems without consulting your heavenly father. We're not going to take the time this morning to do a full interpretation of Nebuchadnezzar's dream. Here's the Cole's notes. Um, some of you remember Cole's notes. Anyone under 30 has no idea what I'm, who's Cole. I don't know. Here's the Google version. In his dream, Nebuchadnezzar sees a giant statue of a man, and its head is made of gold. And the, the material that the statue is made out of changes so that by the time you get down to the feet, it's clay. It decreases in value as you get down to the feet. It starts with gold, but it's clay at the bottom. And in his dream, he sees a, a massive rock cut out of a mountain. And the rock 
crushes this, this statue of a man. It crushes it into dust, and the wind blows it away as if it never existed. And Daniel walks into the king, tells him what he dreamt, and he says, oh, now that's what you dreamt. Now I'm going to tell you what it means. And he says to the king, you're pretty good. You're the best that there is right now. But the next king of Babylon that comes after you, he's not going to be as good. And the next guy that comes after that, he's not going to be nearly as good. And the fourth guy that comes after that, he's going to be awful. And then Daniel tells the king this. He said, the God who let me see your dream and told me what it means, he's setting up a kingdom, capital K, that will never end. And it's going to crush your, your little empires like clay and blow it away with the wind. Now, how much confidence do you think Daniel has? God is going to set up a kingdom. God's going to crush you. That's how much confidence Daniel has. He's going to crush you, and he's, your, your kingdoms are going to be buried in the, in the dust, in the sands of Persia. Babylon's days of empire lasted about 70 years. That's it. Nebuchadnezzar, two or three guys after him, woof, they were gone. Nowadays, archaeologists are digging through centuries of sand, and they're finding, uh, they're finding pieces of, of Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom, digging through the dirt. No one names their kid Nebuchadnezzar. He's a footnote. We're only talking about him this morning because of, of the faith of a Hebrew boy named Daniel and his three friends. A hundred years before Daniel confronted the king with, with that interpretation, Isaiah, the prophet, prophesied about the future of Babylon in Isaiah chapter 47. A hundred years earlier, this is what Isaiah said. So disaster will overtake you, and you won't be able to charm it away. Calamity will fall upon you, and you won't be able to buy your way out. A catastrophe will strike you suddenly, one for which you are not prepared. Now use your magical charms. Use the spells you have worked at, all, worked at all these years. Maybe they will do some good. Maybe they can make someone afraid of you. He's being kind of sarcastic. All the advice you receive has made you tired. Where are all your astrologers, those stargazers who make predictions each month? Let them stand up and save you from what the future holds, but they are like straw burning in a fire. They cannot save themselves from the flame. You will get no help from them at all. Their hearth has no place to sit for warmth. And all your friends, those with whom you've done business since childhood, will go their own ways, turning a deaf ear to your cries. It's chilling when you hear that, that, that Isaiah would say that a hundred years earlier. Okay, let's read verses, uh, back to Jan Daniel chapter 22. And picking it up now in verse 24, we'll look at Daniel's report to the king, and then we'll land the plane. 
Daniel went to see Arioch, whom the king had ordered to execute the wise men of Babylon. Daniel said to him, don't kill the wise men. Take me to the king, and I will tell him the meaning of his dream. Arioch, quickly, come on, let's go, took Daniel to the king and said, I found one of the captives from Judah who will tell the king the meaning of his dream. The king said to Daniel, also known as Belteshazzar, I love that name, is this true? Can you tell me what my dream was and what it means? And Daniel replied, no. There are no wise men, enchanters, magicians, or fortune tellers who can reveal the king's secret. But there is a God. There is a God in heaven who reveals secrets, and he has shown King Nebuchadnezzar what will happen in the future. Now I will tell you your dream and the visions you saw as you lay on your bed. While your majesty was sleeping, you dreamed about coming events. And he who reveals secrets has shown you what is going to happen. And it is not because I am wiser than anyone else that I know the secret of your dream but because God wants you to understand what was in your heart. Humanly speaking, Daniel says, this is impossible. No, can't do it. We're just men. We don't know the future. We can't read your mind. We have limitations. And this is a good time for me to, to say this this morning. If you, if you have been going to other sources to tell you your future horoscopes, fortune-telling, card-reading, whatever, I want to tell you this morning, throw them in the fire. Throw them in the fire. If it's man-made and it's limited, you don't, you, don't, you, don't, you don't need that stuff. If it's supernatural, excuse me while I wipe my nose and preach at the same time. If it's supernatural and it's not from God, it's evil, and you need to get it out of your home and out of your life and throw it in the fire. You need, you need one source of direction in your life, and his name is Jesus. That's what you need, all right? And they're not harmless or fun or anything else. They're evil. Get them out. Okay, the king is full of hope, and he asked Daniel, can you do it? And Daniel says, nope. <laughs> and, and Daniel says, I'm only human. But there is verse 28, but, Daniel says, but there is a God in heaven who can do it. Can we applaud and cheer our God in heaven this morning? Come on, go on your feet. Go on your, let's all stand together. Come on, stand your feet. Let's go. Come on, can we stand and applaud our King of heaven this morning? There is a God in heaven. I can't do it. Daniel can't do it. You can't do it. But there is a God in heaven who sees your need this morning. He hears your prayer this morning. He knows what you need this morning. And God can, can do it. He can do it. There's a God who reveals secrets. He stay on your feet. We're almost done. He sees it all. He knows it all. He gave Nebuchadnezzar a vision of how his life and his empire would end if he did not make drastic changes. God was trying to get a hold of him, and he was saying, your life is going to be ruins if you don't wake up. Your life is going to crumble in a dust heap if you don't wake up and see who I am and worship me as the one true God. Daniel tells the king in verse 30, he says, the reason why God gave you this, I, I was joking earlier when I said it was bad pizza. It wasn't bad pizza. God gave Nebuchadnezzar this dream to, to, to get a hold of him, to wake him up. And Daniel says to him, he says, in verse 30, he says, Nebuchadnezzar, the reason why this is happening to you is because God wants you to understand what's in your heart. 
You're not here this morning by coincidence. God is speaking to you right now because he wants you to know who he really is. He wants you to understand what is really happening in your heart. He wants to make sense out of your life and out of your dreams and out of the difficult things and the things that no one else has ever been able to explain to you. God wants you to find purpose and meaning so that your life doesn't crumble and blow away in the wind. How many of you would say this morning, Pastor Tim, I need God, my prayer this morning, I need God to give me wisdom. That's, that's my prayer. I need God to give me wisdom for a particular situation. See? Wow. Whoa. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Okay. Wow. How many of you would say this morning that you need to get some friends around you and have a prayer meeting and start calling on the name of Jesus for, for victory? And God kind of told you, hey, hey, stop trying to do this on your own. Get, ha have a prayer meeting. Get some friends around you, okay? How many of you would say you've been trying to face the small K kings of this world without spending enough time with the king of kings? And God has spoken to you about that and saying, let's, 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 just, let's just be together. Let's just spend time together. We're going to sing. We're going to pray. We're going to respond. We're going to worship. I invite you to come if you want to be here at the altar area at the front of this church. Uh, I encourage you not to leave yet. Church isn't over. I, if you do, you do. I, I just encourage you to, to try to hang in here with us. And I'll be back in a minute or two to see if there's anyone here today who needs to make the most important decision of their life in following Jesus Christ as their Lord and their Savior today. So, Baron, where are you, man? Let's go. Let's lead, let's lead this song. Let's, let's worship together. Oh, let me pray first. You were waiting for me to pray, weren't you? All right. God. We need you, Lord, we need you, Lord, we love you. Oh, Lord, we're so thankful. I, I hardly want to step near your presence in this room this morning. And so I, I don't want to touch it. I just want you to do your will and have your way. And so come, Holy Spirit, and uh, help us to surrender uh, with full obedience this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.